My name is Andrew Wormsley, and you're listening to episode 165 of Photography Insights, and this is the show that interviews people from the photography world. Now, over the last few years, I've always wanted to do a Christmas special, but it would have to be different. So after rummaging around my mind, I finally came up with a plan and invited a couple of analog shooting friends onto the show. So this will break off from the normal interview style and will focus on the world of analog and Christmas, obviously. So probably this is where I should start singing to you all or jingling some Christmas bells or something. I'm pleased to invite Owen Hennessy and also from the world of silver grain and film we have the esteemed Christopher Osborne. Now both guests are great film shooters active in our UK film group but also fun to talk with hence why they are here. If you're ready for this show it's themed around the three ghosts i.e. past, present and future. I think you all know what I mean. Meaning we are we will all cover an element each, so we'll be talking about what we miss, what we would like, and what we expect in the future. Not only that, but Owen and Christopher agreed to take part in one of my Barmy Christmas quizzes too. So it's a bit of my usual type questions, with some sensible ones too. And it's a lot of fun, so I hope you do listen out to the end for that. So in this one we cover film subscriptions, Grant Britain, Pinhole, Kodak, Ilford, Arwo, Cinestill, Fuji and Lomography, Film Scanning, Intrepid, Cosmo Photo, Chroma Camera, Slides, Cibachrome, Maya Optic, Film Developers and more. And of course there have been so many different topics in this show, there'll be lots of lovely links for everyone. So all the things we're going to discuss, um, you'll be able to click straight on and buy me one. Hey! So yeah, there's some um, good links there, uh, and I hope some of you do check those out. And of course, before we move you on to the show, we'd always like to thank our friends, Steve at Chroma Camera, Dave at FilmDev, and Pete at Static Age. So, without a further ado, jingle your bells and have a Merry Christmas, everyone. Um, I do really thank Christopher uh, and Owen for jumping on board with this. We did have a lot of fun. Um, they've come up with some great ideas, and it was nice to see them put in a bit of time and research before jumping on the show with me. So, thank you so much, guys, and... Here we go. And welcome to the Christmas special. How are we doing, guys? Good, thank you. Thank you for agreeing to take part in this. So it's something I've wanted to do for so long, and it's all about involving people. So it's great to have you on board. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I know some people will know um, Christopher from his ties with Silvergrain, and some people see Owen through uh, his 
constant um, work in the Facebook group that we are chatting as well, don't you, mate? It's, it's a constant spamming, yeah. <laughs> We're all learning and helping each other, though, aren't we? Hopefully. That's that's the that's the aim and the theory. So, yeah. yeah, if people get something from it, all the better. No, totally. So for anyone who isn't already a member, um, it is really based uh, in the UK, so it's a little bit different in that sense. But it is... A really good place to be honest. I think there's been such nice people, nice comments. There's lots of help. Um, people have give away, give things away to each other. Um, there's always new people joining, asking the basic questions, and I think that's great, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just looking at it today, you know, we had questions everywhere from someone asking how hard is it to develop black and white film. You know, mm. someone who had never developed their own film for the first time, all the way through to, you know, professional fashion work that's been shot in a studio on medium format, full color professional film, mm. um, just incredible, inspiring images uh, for everyone to see. So th there's a whole range. And um, uh, as you said, Andrew, it's just a really friendly place as well. I mean, um, you know, never such thing as a stupid question and, um, you know, lots of good resource on there. Um, loads of industry experts, um, loads of labs are on there, you know, retailers, um, suppliers, journalists, it's a bit of everything really. Yeah, it's been really good and obviously experienced people like Christopher have come in and, um, you know, Silver Grain often pop messages in themselves there and Steve at Cosmo and so many others. So, yeah, um, great place and I hope some of you will check that out. So today um, we're here because we wanted to do something different and I came up with this idea of um, a lot of us have seen Scrooge and I just thought let's have a bit of fun, let's do like um, Ghost of Christmas Past, Present and Future. So um, these two gentlemen kindly volunteered to jump in and we've had a little uh, discourse on who's going to do what. So. Without further ado, I think, Christopher. Ghost of Christmas Past, yes. Mm. Well, um, what 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 do we miss? Probably miss, what do we probably not know we're missing? That might be a better <laughs> way of thinking about it. Well, I think that there's, there's a couple of things. Um, the first is the demise of the local photography shop. So these days uh, in the analog world, an awful lot of us buy off eBay and uh, other auction sites. Um, a few people buy buy cameras off off shops, but we've lost that that centre of technical expertise and knowledge that used to live around the corner. Where if you didn't know how to develop film, you could pop in and someone would take the time to help you and say look, this is the stuff you need. And while you're at it, watch out for this. So that that's something that I think we miss. Yeah. Uh, groups like UK uh, Darkroom and uh, Film really helped bridge the gap there. There's no doubt about that. But there was something about the personal touch. So, so that's something I think we've lost. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing that I think we've really lost is being able to print... Um, from transparencies. So we used to have processes like Cibachrome where you could um, print from positive film images onto uh, straight onto paper. 
Yeah. And there was a Kodak reversal process as well, and an egg for one for that matter and so on. And we've lost all of those, and I think that's a real shame. Now, I'm sure there'll be people who say, well, hang about, there's these people doing reversal printing with RA4, which is very true, but that's a kind of hack process. That's not really, a, a, you know, a, a, an industry standard you will get a definite result now don't get me wrong I'm, I'm all up for experimentation but i think that's something that we've lost and um then the third thing that i thought um would be interesting to put on the ghost of christmas past is um actually covid related and that's our access to galleries and I know we've gone through a stage where things have opened up, but it looks like we might be going through a stage where things are closing down again. It yeah. seems to be the message in the last day or so. And I think that access to see really good work, um, it, we're really missing out. And we're also missing out on the opportunity for people to show their work as well. Hmm. No, no, I totally agree. Um, Alan, do you want to jump in there? Yeah, I mean, that that's an interesting point in terms of viewing work, and I'd probably extend that, though we may not want to go all the way down this <laughs> path because it <laughs> could be quite depressing. Um, it sort of limits the ability to, to make good work as well. Hmm. Um, but I think, Andrew, you had, you had a couple of good points in that, you know, over the last couple of years through, you know, various lockdowns and so on, um, you know, you've had, had the chance to have a lot of people on that you perhaps wouldn't have in that space of time yeah um, and i think we've we've all had an opportunity to kind of um look a bit more inwards as well look at our own work you know whether it's going through the archive or um you know just sorting out bits and pieces revisiting old bits of work and um so i think that um you know for people who have had had the time um it, it's been good to use it productively in that way um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting hearing about the um, sort of processes that are lost and, you know, the printing and so on. And, um, you know, one, one thing I thought of um, when you raised the theme with us, Andrew, is as the ghost of Christmas past was, you know, just the feeling of kind of picking up your, your prints from the lab, mm -hmm. you know, and having the negatives in that little sort of acetate sleeve that would be, mm -hmm. you know, um, attached to the envelope. and um, yeah, everything to do with that, you know, the kind of delayed gratification, um, you know, opening it, holding the prints in your hand, the smell of the sort of paper and, you know, inks and, and, and dyes or whatever else, and, and just kind of looking through them and, and reliving those moments. And, and often you would do that with, you know, a friend or a family member kind of looking over your shoulders um, and, you know, maybe lay them out on a table or, or, uh, Put them into a photo album um so yeah all the all those kind of um you know tangible aspects to experiencing photos and photography in that way is is perhaps um perhaps not lost completely but you know much less common or certainly less natural um and occurs a lot less frequently now so um hmm. yeah, perhaps something we can look at trying to bring back trying to you know, remanufacture. Um, yeah. 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 I, I think you're right. I mean, 
the process thing's really tough because for those of us that have never seen the past, um, so those of us maybe only been shooting a few years, the, a lot of this is meaningless and we read about it and things like that. But there, there are things like um, the colour reversal, you know, we are missing even now. So for a lot of us, it's like, why would we bother shooting um, colour positives? It seems pointless. Well, um, back in the day, the, yeah. I suppose that there were a couple of reasons for shooting um, on colour positive film. Mm-hmm. One was that you had those slides that used to go in the projector and yep. even in a home environment you could uh, project your holiday images or family images or whatever it was and put on a show and it was the kind of thing where people sat around and watched it. You know, yeah. um, So that was the first thing. And then, of course, in the commercial world, it was really important because um, it was considered the way of being 100% sure that you've got your colours right. Because if you had correctly exposed colour positive film, that's what that dress or curtain or sofa really looked like. Mm -hmm. And there was nobody, you know, there was an ultimate reference before somebody in the darkroom tried colour correcting. So those were the reasons for doing it. Right. Um, But, you know, um, the thing that we've really lost, particularly with Cibachrome, was it was was why... uh, a, a Cibachrome print just had a depth of colour to it that was like no other photographic print. Hmm. And um, it, they're really, really beautiful prints. Yeah, I think the toughest thing when you hear about it, like people will write articles and show um, pictures online, but this is the problem. You're looking at something on a monitor on certain pixels and widths, and it has no meaning at all, does it? Yes. Yeah, that's absolutely true. It, yeah. it, 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 it's not the same as seeing it for real. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some um, fantastic work through some of my guests doing um, hand-colouring platinum, palladium prints and things. And it, these sort of people are, there's maybe 10 of them or 100 of them in the world that have this skill level. And I can see the quality of that on a screen. But that to me is, you know, the cream of the cream. But what you're talking about this process, I mean, I've seen some of the colours and they do sound fantastic. The problem is, what do we do? Because we're going to be moving now into times where developer choice and print chemicals are going to have to be about ethics and looking after our planet, are they? Yes, well, that's a very good point because actually I think as beautiful as the results were, Cibachrome was not by any means what we would call an environmental <laughs> satisfactory process. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, it's the same like you're saying about um, galleries. Obviously, I've interviewed um, people in galleries and directors and things like that. And it's been really tough. And, you know, even now in the States, things that opened up they are so restrictive of numbers and pre-planning um uh, and things like this and they've had to struggle but like i was saying some of us have done other things so 
Um, Christopher knows some of my work because I did that article for Silvergrain. And for me, that was ace because it was like confirmation of what I did during COVID was dark room with children. And for me, that that's part of who I am. So my photography is about enjoying my time with my children more than producing work for other people. And to get that on their site was, you know, for me, was fantastic. Write some more, Andrew. That's my advice. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Send them to me. Yeah. <laughs> the, pro the problem is time is the biggest problem. Um, I have, um, I, I keep lists of things. So uh, I have lists of guests that I want to do and I have lists of um, articles I want to write. I have my um, project ideas and then I have photography ideas and then dark room ideas. And they all conflict all the time. <laughs> Yeah, well, we all have that. Yeah, um, and that settles around life, being a dad, um, and things like this. And, you know, money, of course, is another issue, but writing's always free. Um, but because I spend a minimum of eight and a half hours a day on a computer, sometimes I like the dark room or the outside world. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's Not, nice to get get away from a screen. After it that. is, yeah. But because it's Christmas, so I, I'm sat here with a not so much a warm fire now, but I'm absolutely sweating because I've had a nice warm fire on. I've had the wood and the coal and everything going. So um, I'm trying to get in the festive spirit anyway. <laughs> well, it just started snowing here this evening before the podcast, so ah, that was getting me into okay. the Christmas spirit. <laughs> I'm going to have to look outside because it said it was going to hit here, um, literally as we started as well. So, mm. yeah, well, it's about been an hour ago. Just, to, just to join in, it's trying to snow here. We've had a couple of little attempts today, but it's melted straight away. So, I'm hoping that we wake up in the morning and it'll be nice and white. Yeah. <laughs> have your winter no, wonderland cool. outside the window. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I think this is where I struggle with the past um, because I'm so new to it. There are lots of things I haven't seen, um, and I know some people talk about like films they miss. Uh, and for me, in 2021, that has no relevance because what's available to buy is your options, and you're a consumer. You don't have any input on what anyone makes no matter who you think you are. So I think some of them arguments are a bit like, mm, in an ideal world where, you know, if he was a billionaire, but even as a billionaire, can you make something happen? Bring back some amazing film. I know the cliche. Yeah. I mean, it would, be a, it would be a terrible investment, but you could definitely do it. <laughs> it would definitely be possible. Well, that was another not very environmentally um, friendly <laughs> process. So um, I, I think that they, that would be a huge challenge. I mean, I think in reality, if if Kodak ever did something like that, they would take an ectochrome and pimp the reds and yeah. call it new Kodachrome and make E6 the process, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. The market's just not big enough to have another process. Yeah. No. But I mean, if it was if it was privately funded by a billionaire, I mean, 
you could just invent your own process, couldn't you? You could um, invent something totally new. I mean, as long as you've got the got the funds to do so. But well, um, yes, but there's a practical problem there. So, um, um, Ectochrome, for example, um, hasn't been as successful as Kodak hoped, uh, I believe. And the reason for that is it it's hard to get E6 processed in many parts of the world. Yeah. And because processing is not available or not easy or is expensive, people don't use it. Mm-hmm. And a new process would have that problem even more. True. I, I suppose there's, you know, just on, on the subject of Ectochrome, there's, there's probably a number of factors that go into it, you know, going back to what Andrew said about um you know, perhaps just the the general film shooting public don't really know the benefit of shooting slides or, you know, why one might want to shoot a slide film, um, you know, added to the fact that, you know, it is harder to process and perhaps more expensive and the film is quite expensive. Um, I mean, personally, I shot a couple of roles more just, just to try it out more than anything else, but, um, you know, it wasn't something I'd, I'd sort of stick to um so it, it certainly looks fantastic to my eyes oh i think it's absolutely amazing stuff i shot some that um kodak sent me and i did my buildings on a nice day so i compared it to the normal architecture i shoot and oh my god it's just amazing just held it up to the window and i was just <clears throat> These colours are just dreamy and the detail. Well, yeah. it, it, it can be really beautiful. Actually, my colleagues in Silver Grain Classic had a uh, workshop yesterday at Meyer Gorlitz, which is a German lens, well, it's a, a German lens manufacturer that has started remanufacturing 1930s design lenses. And uh, the Silver Grain Classics folks uh, hosted an open day where people could go in and get a tour of the factory where these lenses are ground. And um, and then we had a, a fantastic model and an opportunity for everybody to try out these lenses on, these ca- on their cameras. Uh, and it's very interesting, actually, because the majority of these lenses are actually being sold to digital users, although, of course, their, their real background is analog. And the lenses, um, the, the thing about Maya uh, Gerlitz lenses is they um, have a really, really strong bokeh for something out of focus. So um, uh, they had Christmas lights in the background and they turn into these beautiful coloured bubbles um, for, for the kind of out of focus areas. Um, but they, uh, everyone had the opportunity to shoot on Ectochrome and they had a portable uh, film developing machine there. And so within a half an hour of, of everyone handing over their film, it was coming out of the machine and being put into a dryer and it was a really interesting experience. Wow, that sounds cool. I think it, it's a better idea then if... if... You know, if there are any billionaires listening, probably just get that team to follow you around and, <laughs> you know, process your stuff for you. <laughs> well, yeah. But anyway, there we go. Maybe we should um, remind everyone of the phone number for all the billionaires out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, sure there's a link down below. <laughs> yeah. Sendmecash.com. 
That'll do. That's what the film community needs right now. Cash injection. I think it does turn out. But the, the thing I like about slides is that um, you still get a very different look with, uh, you know, Fuji slide film. Um, you know, even within their range of films, you know, between uh, sort of even Velvia 50, Velvia 100 looks different. Provia 100 looks different again. Um, and then Ectochrome is just something totally separate. So, yeah, e even though it's kind of lifelike and, and a different look to color negative, even within slide film, there's there's some some kind of nuance and, and you know, opportunities to kind of explore the different options creatively, um, mm. which I think is great. No, totally, yeah. Right, so I think we're going to move on to our next host, who's going to talk to us um, the ghost of Christmas presents. Ghost of Christmas present. Well, a lot of it's not so lovely, but I'm hoping there's some <laughs> there's some upside to it. And and we kind of, uh, you know, got right up to the present in our in our conversation about the past, really, because we were talking about you know different film options that have been discontinued and you know that there are more and more films that are being uh, discontinued uh, throughout the year so um i don't know if this is more of an in memoriam section for the <laughs> for the films we've lost this year but um you know fujifilm pro 400h hmm. in 35 mil and and medium format um more recently pro 160 ns Fujifilm in um, medium format is now out of production as well, um, as well as Velvia 50 in 4x5 and 8x10. Um, so yeah, short moment of silence for those for those films, I suppose. Yeah, it's um, changing world, mate. Yeah, but I think the good thing is that um, you know you you shoot what's available. I, I'd like to think there's more and more people shooting film. Than there have been at least in the past couple of years. I, I know of a number of people who have actually taken up film photography in the, in the last two years. Hmm. Um, so that's really great to see. And, and obviously through the through the Facebook group, Andrew, you know, we see new people coming in all the time. Um, yeah. You know, getting a camera handed down to them, and there's still loads of um, film options on the market. Um, and there's more and more things coming out. So you know lost a couple of films we've also gained a couple of films this year as well so we've got a new um lomography metropolis emulsion um with i think better contrast better colors than the previous version at least what from what i've seen i've not had the chance to to try it yet hmm. um and they also released the turquoise film or, or re-released it i think they they released it once before hmm. um and i think that's already already sold out um, and of course, within Lomography, they've got um, you know a whole range of of color films and black and white films as well. So you know even just within one brand that sort of um, is actually releasing more films to the market, um, you've got loads of options. You know they've got their color negative 100, 400, 800 in 35 mil and and medium format as well, and and other kind of stranger formats as well, like 110. Um, so that's that's really good to see. Um, mm. And the other the other theme, I, I basically looked through some of these sort of news articles that came out over the last year, 
um, and there seems to be a, a lot of activity on Kickstarter as well. Um, so, you know, multiple meters, you know, there's the Raveni Labs spot meter. <laughs> um, I think there was a, an incident meter as well. I, I can't remember um, who released that, but it had a sort of metal enclosure. And I think these things get funded in, in a matter of you know, hours and minutes rather than sort of days and weeks. So it's great that, you know, on the one hand, you've got sort of um, some emulsions being discontinued, you've got new emulsions coming out, and you've also got new innovations that sort of use, you know, infuse modern technology into these kind of, um, you know, analog tactile methods, and kind of getting a bit of a bit of best of both, you know, a bit of modern technology blended with the sort of analog process. Um, and it, it doesn't have to be um, high technology either you know i i use apps on my phone you know i have several apps on my phone you know um massive dev chart you've got access to all your development times at the touch of a button we were speaking earlier andrew about you know the ability to have timers yeah so even something as simple as that you know you pull that up on your phone mm. um obviously disclaimer here you know please don't use your phone in in the dark room because it will it will fog your stuff <laughs> maybe maybe you can put a red filter on top of your phone um, while I'm extolling the virtues of using a using a phone um, and you know things like the I think there's a reciprocity failure application as well um, hmm. reciprocity timer that I purchased this year um, which yeah and, just and let's not forget the fact that there are some quite decent light meter apps on your phone as well yeah. God, yes light meter as well hmm. um, you know Every time I seem to go out with my camera, the batteries run out, so end up using that. Um, oh. Film subscriptions. I forgot to mention them earlier. So the Analog Wonderland Wonderbox. Mm -hmm. um, is that you mentioning Analog Wonderland? Um, mm. Reminded me of that. And the other one is um, Cool Film Club, who also do a medium format monthly uh, sort of mystery box uh, film subscription um, and analog wonderland works in in the same way but for 35 millimeter format um mm. so that yeah that's a that's a great gift to get someone for christmas if you're not sure you know which specific film to to buy totally yeah great ideas and send me them subscribe yep. to the friend <laughs> honestly <laughs> i think we'd all like to receive uh, those boxes definitely yeah paper film i'm not fussy you know <laughs> what what's been your favorite kickstarter then this year hmm, favorite kickstarter um i think that raveni lab spot meter probably um mm -hmm. just because i think it's quite a novel idea yeah um you know they haven't tried to sort of copy and paste a, a traditional analog spot meter they've kind of gone back to basics with right what is the requirement what is the what is the goal that we're trying to meet or fulfill for people and and you know what is a way that we can do that in a sort of compact form factor uh, you know for for a for a price um that suits you know the needs of photographers out there so um mm -hmm. yeah i really like that not you know it wasn't just something new. It seemed like some sort of true innovation as well. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. I've used it as well, so it's dead simple. 
Okay, nice. Yeah. What about Is you, it... Christopher? I would say the the I can think of two um, Kickstarters that deserve, or, or, or maybe it's broader than Kickstarters. Two two products coming onto the market in the last year that deserve are worthy of of top marks and a mention. Um, the first, I think, is Intrepid for their four by five and larger concept, which completely rethinks the way enlargers are made. And for people who haven't got much space, it's a kind of very interesting uh, way of, of dealing with medium format and large format printing. Yep. So that's the, the first one. And the second one, I think, actually goes to Cosmo Photo for their Agent Orange film. Uh, and um, the reason I think, uh, Agent Shadow, I should say, film, um, and the reason I think they deserve a, a, a market is film for for years has been marketed to consumers in a really kind of industrial way. I mean, there is nothing exciting about a packet of film, really. Um, and actually, this is the first time somebody's thought about it and thought about putting it in packaging that makes you think, yeah, I fancy having a go at something like that, something moody with light and maybe at night and during the rain and when it's cold. And I, I think that's a really, really interesting idea. Yeah, yeah, totally. <clears throat> I think it's I think it's really nice that he has this sort of logo and look to it. And the idea of uh, didn't it come with um a graphic novel? Yes, it, in the Kickstarter, yes, that's yeah, right. And it's like that, you know, that's fantastic. Um I think my favourite has been the Pinster. So I can't believe this came out of nowhere. I was talking to, I think it was Paul Analog Wonderland, and he was telling me how this guy just came up with this invention, came into the show really late, and just did this stuff in front of people live in the show. And when I started looking, I was like, this guy's really on to something. What a fab little product. I'd love to try it. Um, and then... I think the idea, so again, this is a totally different thing for than you two, is the book that Hamish is on about doing. So um, it, isn't it all um, people that have shot during COVID? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so for anyone listening, um, Hamish McGill uh, is well known for his 35MMC blog. Um, he, he is a sort of professional photographer, um, massive uh, importance in doing the the analog part of the photography show and he's got together with a load of people he's got a load of photographers shot during covid and the amazing thing is putting this book together and the proceeds are going to john whitmore's family um john whitmore was the guy who recently passed fabulous um dark room guy and uh, he's left a young family so for me that's um, quite a big thing as a dad, you see. So um, I think hats off to people like Hamish for doing things like that. Well, then I think there's been some um, amazing things. So I think if someone said, what would you want for Christmas this year? I think the scanning ideas that Owen's been talking about, I think, you know, DSLR scanning's come on. You've now got... Um, 
people like Negative Labs, Film Labs. Um, now you've got Veoli that came out. Um, so I think that's another great option. It's relatively cheap compared to some as well. Uh, so that was pretty good. And then I, I think on the book front, I'm really looking forward to um, Push by Grant Britton because he was an amazing force in film. He was pro-digital, um, but his skateboarding photography um, and this shot is just iconic. I mean, I've seen um, like a 20 by 16 contact print um, from his negatives, and it looks, looks amazing. I mean, how many people would you know would do a contact print and turn it huge because each photo came out so good? I don't think any of us have got a, a roll of film like that. <laughs> have we, baby? Well, I have to admit, I have made some big contact prints, but that's because I like you doing alternative um, photographic printing techniques, and that's okay. part of it. Yeah. That's not because I can claim to have thousands of rolls of film, all with stunning images. <laughs> That's just a dream, you know. We'll we'll get there one day, won't we? <laughs> it's it's a good aspiration to have, certainly. But um, I think when you when you do print your images, and maybe this is a, a theme that's going to, you know, run throughout this podcast, is you do see your photos in a different light. So, hmm. you know, I I don't think you can make that call until you see the print, have the print in your hands, and and hmm. really see what you've got, and you, you might be pleasantly or unpleasantly surprised once it's enlarged but um you know at least it gives you a better idea of what to aim for i think you know earlier andrew you were talking about how you like the sort of feedback loop of printing in the darkroom and how that kind of informs what you do the next time you go out and shoot so hmm. it's, it's a great learning tool in in that respect but um yeah on the, on the topic of christmas gifts and um, favorite topic uh, yeah, I think that that chroma camera pinhole is just so cute, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, such yeah. such a lovely little thing. And um, there's actually I've picked up on quite a few um, pinholes that have come out this year as well, or, or not so much come out this year. But um, you know, personally, I bought a pinhole camera this year from Reality So Subtle. Okay, it's a six by seventeen. Uh, pinhole so it takes a roll of, of medium nice. format film and does like a really nice wide pano and um, so i took that to the to the lake district earlier this year and you know got got a nice wide lake scene with mountains in the background and um it's just the sort of thing the sort of scene that that camera's made for i think so yeah pin, pinholes are fantastic yeah oh, that sounds nice and there's um, also the 5119 large format pinhole cameras from uh, David Hancock on okay. YouTube. I don't know if you've come across him. No. Uh, but he's re he's released a series of um, sort of build at home. They're like, um, you know, kits, essentially, um, to make um, your 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 own pinhole camera in sort of 4x5, 5x7, 8x10, and also 4x10. Um, which takes two sheets of four by five. Um, so you can create like a, a diptych image. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're quite cool, you know, kind of a, 
a new way to get into large format and quite an inexpensive way to get into it relatively wow. but they look great i think um hmm. so yeah in terms of gift ideas i'm not i'm not sure if you can actually buy one yet or if you had to be part of the kickstarter yeah thanks for that guys so i suppose we need to talk about um the future now so this is going to be things like what are we going to foresee um in coming years so i'm going to start off with something really simple i need to make the zine i've been talking about for bloody months <laughs> that, that's number one uh it, it's literally it's designed all i need to do is pay some money and get it printed mm, the only reason i'm delaying it is I want it to be special and something to go with it. And whether I want to do it as a zine or a better class book, I'm totally unsure. And the cost differences are stupid. So I don't want that to affect anything because it's not like I have a reputation or an artist um, because I appreciate artists can sell things at higher prices, which is understandable. Um, so I don't know. I'm clueless on that. <laughs> Maybe you should um, lay out at least part of the book and see if you can run a Kickstarter campaign for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably have to think about that. Um, well, then there's other things. So, obviously, we know price hikes are inevitable from Kodak. I'm pretty much sure... Ilford and everyone's going to follow suit. Fuji, are they going to completely retire? Um, it's something that's probably on the horizon. I mean, I, I saw people talking and reading the reports and that, and it's so little of their money, um, their turnover. It, it feels to me like they could probably just sell that part of the business to someone. Um, who's really keen on making this industry survive. Um, that that the, might be a good outcome. Yeah, it's what companies do, isn't it? You know, Olympus sold out the uh, camera section, and um, obviously Ilford isn't Ilford, is it? So maybe Harman could buy something like Fuji's film department. It's always going to be tough because obviously you've got things like... Um, digital rights and trademarks and things like this, haven't you? And it's why Kodak is Kodak. Um, and, and there's always going to be issues with things like that. And it's not something I'm really keen on getting into, but there's definitely a future out there. Because at the end of the day, Instax is so damn popular for Fuji, isn't it? Yep. But it, it's always surprised me why they don't make a a bigger, um, higher resolution version. I mean, can anyone answer why they don't? I would guess that the answer is that they've got a product which is aimed at a young consumer market mm -hmm. and that's where they want to keep it. Yeah. But at the same time, do you think that community would like high definition in in the same sense you keep buying better and better mobile phone screens 
and better resolution well, on your video, for instance. This is kind of the analog paradox, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. just a few moments ago, we were all talking about how great pinhole photography is. <laughs> and <laughs> and that there's something really kind of charming about these fuzzy images made on something really low tech. Yeah. I would have to say that I'd put Instagram in that kind of bucket. You know, mm -hmm. uh, sorry, Instax in that kind of bucket. It, it's its charm is there's something slightly crude about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that I think they have experimented with some different sizes and and different types of film. Like you can get Instax wide, for example. Mm -hmm. But um, I like the the Instax Mini because you know the the picture's the size of a credit card, hmm. and you know coincidentally you can pop that into your wallet. Um, if someone gives you it and and I think that that has some charm to it um mm. you know like Christopher was saying it same kind of charm that that the pinhole photography has I think and um you know if you had bigger more you know higher resolution um sort of prints out of it you know it, it's everything that would go along with that you know the film would be more expensive the cameras mm. would be larger the lenses would probably need to be made out of glass instead of plastic Mm -hmm. um, you'd need a more powerful flash maybe and you know bigger batteries more expensive batteries and mm -hmm. um you know then it starts becoming um you know lighter and cheaper to lug a field camera around rather, rather than <laughs> take your your insects double wide so th mm -hmm. there's certainly a there's certainly a sweet spot to it but I mean, I mean saying that i would like some options to and this is maybe not a job for fujifilm but maybe for a smaller manufacturer to actually adapt Instax backs to more cameras in a hmm. better way, you know, in a, in a more cost-effective way or, or a more user-friendly way, or hmm. you know, at least at least one or the other of those. Um, so you know, we can take some Instax shots on our, you know, on on your uh, Bronica, Andrew, or hmm. you know, on my Mamiya RB. It, you know, it'd be great to to take some some Instax pictures, hmm. yeah, just to mix it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I think the world's changed in that sense. We're, we've already said of the things we've lost. So there's no reason why it can't be done, probably, other than money. But then that's largely irrelevant in one way because it costs what it costs. And it's already an expensive hobby, isn't it? So, yeah. And uh, I, yeah, I, I, when you, um, sort of discuss the the idea and the, the theme of this podcast i noted down some some of my sort of thoughts around those you know areas such as you know films being retired and and the price of film going up and i just think for each of those there is a there is a mitigation that that you can make you know mm. uh, you can look at shooting cheaper emulsions um mm. you know if if you normally shoot portra 400 you know look at um Ultramax, for example, or um, one of one of the consumer films. I, I know there's an issue that they don't come in in sort of larger formats than than 35 millimeter. But um, you know, maybe even experiment with black and white a little bit more. Hmm. Um, you know, that's that's another way to bring the cost down. Um, buying film in in bulk. You know, not not even necessarily a a bulk roll of film and self loading, which is one option, but actually being a little bit more. Um, conscious about how and where you purchase film you know look for the mm. 
the deals and, and buy you know multiple roles at once don't buy one role and you know a, a lot of retailers will offer you know free postage um if you spend a certain amount of money so you can be a little bit more savvy about um sort of your purchasing habits and you know how, how you how you obtain film and just generally your your shooting habits I, I don't necessarily think you need to shoot less or or restrict your creativity but um you know on the contrary i think it it might force some people to experiment or just get a little bit more outside of their comfort zone perhaps yeah 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 some very um valid points and and i think the other thing is we're going to see is smaller companies um we, we've already seen this with like cameras like camera dactyl and chroma and obviously the pinholes you've mentioned and i think they're going to play a massive part in the future of analog um and we've already seen that whether it's making the cameras the scanning equipment the attachments we need i mean you know to, to the pinsters and the um revlab meter i mean it's been an amazing few years even you know the few years i've been in film it has changed completely so yep. I can't and, imagine like how it is for Christopher, for instance, who's been in the world and uh, the film world quite a long time, haven't you, mate? I have, yeah. But, you know, like lots of people of my age, I was in it and very active and then, you know, got married, had kids and lived a life and had a job and then um, came back into it. So I've, I've had a big gap in the middle and, and lots of people my age have as well. Yeah, it's nice that you've come back to it. It is nice that I've come back to it. It's been fantastic, actually. Mm. I think another side to the whole, um, you know, price of film as well is is home processing. Mm -hmm. um, and perhaps uh, I feel it's not perhaps talked about as much as it should be. Um, I mean, that's one way to, to really get the, the cost of shooting film down to, you know, pence. Yeah. um rather than pounds um and there are innovations in that area as well i mean like for example this year we've seen uh you know um the developer that um zone imaging lab produces go into retailers yeah this year 510 pyro so you know you can pick that up and three milliliters of that concentrate will will develop a film um so you know you're looking at a few pence and um you know, from a 100 milliliter bottle, quite a few films uh, that you get out of that as well. And of course, um, you know, talking about the, the sort of environmental impact of that, you're talking about a, a concentrate and shipping less weight, less volume, um, you know, not posting your films all around the country. Um, so it's, I think it's just by default, a, a sort of more environmentally friendly process to kind of do as much as you can at home um and you know obviously just just be responsible about how you dispose of of chemicals you know go go on your local council's website and and see how to dispose of things properly um but other than that like another example is i i make my own color developer at home um so i buy all the powders um coincidentally from from germany um <laughs> so that that's probably not too eco-friendly to to ship them in from there but um you know your shipping dry powder as opposed to um you know liters of wet chemistry mm -hmm. um so you know I, I can ship in enough for 
you know hundreds of liters in like the size of a shoebox hmm. uh, for example where you know one one liter c41 kit would be the same to ship and, and that will do you know 10 films rather than 10,000 yeah so that's a really good point yeah um, yeah i think we can yeah home processing is a great way to save money but also to to have fun i mean i love home processing um hmm. seeing your images the same day and um yeah like like you said andrew having having a sort of hand in the process start to finish you know from from capturing the capturing the latent image in camera um you know taking that out into your uh, developing tank mixing your chemistry pouring that in you know turning on and off your your timers and and whatnot mm. and then uh, opening the tank and seeing your seeing your negatives um i think that's the the greatest feeling in in analog photography today so i'd encourage anyone to try that natalie yeah yeah some good points there and and this all adds on to the things that are going to change in coming years like you say developers are going to change we're going to get a lot more eco-friendly um people are going to be inventing more and better things to do this um we're definitely going to see caffanol really coming on and people having a you know tried and tested recipes for things like that um, there's going to be lots of chemicals being made at home uh, instead of buying in specific chemicals i think that's going to be another thing as well and i think all parts of this doing things at home is is really helping people understand the process involving the kids and um doing something yourself is always a really good thing i think so yeah absolutely yeah i think some good points there without a doubt and yeah so there's going to be um changes there's lots of exciting products i think coming up um bigger and better things so um i think all we can say for now is um enjoy your christmas um i hope you get everything you need um and in the meantime we're going to move you on to a little quiz everyone so um both Owen and Christopher agreed to take part in this, so they have no idea what's involved. Um, I only came up with the questions this afternoon here and there. Um, it's how my brain works, so there we go. So if you two gentlemen are ready, so what we'll do is um, we'll read out the question. Uh, if you type your answers in, and then when the 30 seconds is up, if you press the enter button, and then that way no one sees each other's answers as well. So what I'll do is I'll get the timer ready. And your first question is going to be, which one of these statements are true? I have shot large format. I have shot Polaroid. I have shot pinhole. Okay, so everything's I have shot for large format and none of the others. Christopher thinks I've shot Polaroid and none of the others. And I'm pleased to say, Owen wins that one. Yes. So that's, well done, Owen. <laughs> that's one point to Owen. Okay. Really tough one for you now. You'll need your 30 seconds. So... 
Name five of my previous guests. I may have spelt some of those names incorrectly, but <laughs> hopefully right. you get what I meant. <laughs> so we'll get one point for each guest. So uh, Owen's gone with James Lane, Paul McKay and Stephen Dowling. And Christopher's got um, Carice and Paul from Monologue Wonderland. So Owen wins for three to two there. Yeah, I couldn't type fast enough. Well done, <laughs> Owen. <laughs> it, it wasn't much time to type, was it? Um, Sorry. Okay. Chroma Camera recently launched a new camera. What is it called? I'm pretty sure one of you doesn't need much time on this one. Mm, I'm not sure of the exact name, though. Okay. What we're we going for? So Christopher thinks it's called the Chroma Box, and Owen thinks it's called the 24 by 24 Pinhole. So I'm pleased to tell you, neither of you won that. I'm not surprised. <laughs> it was called the Chroma Cube. Chroma Cube. Oh, mm. yes. Yeah. Okay, so next question. What is the cheapest 35mm film for sale at Analog Wonderland as of today? Time starts now. Ooh. And for those listeners don't realise, I've got hidden cameras in their rooms to make sure they're not cheating. <laughs> so... Christopher's gone with Colour Plus 200, and Owen's gone with Foma Pan 100. And the points go to Owen again. So you've got no chance, Christopher. You can't get this. I stuff. know. <laughs> Colour no, film, that, my, that's I'm a luxury. I'm my stuff from Photo Impact. How would I know? <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Right. You're going to know this one, so I'm going to give you 15 seconds on this one. Okay. Name the developer that has been talked about a lot recently and will be in more shops next year. And for a bonus point, who is it under license from? And your time starts now. Oh, fantastic. Um, two points each there, gentlemen. I thought Christopher had pipped me at the post then. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was spot on. Okay, so next one I'm going to give you a full 30. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll give you 45 seconds on this one. I'm going to be generous. This is sounding hard already. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so name four countries... I have interviewed people from starting now. So well, I wasn't sure we... to say UK or <laughs> name them individually. Yeah, yeah. That's There's a, a great point. area. Yeah, so we've got UK, Germany, US defense. and France. And then we've got like, Japan as well. So no, no, that's fine. I'll let you off with that one. Okay. Right, here's a difficult one. Um, so... You're getting 30 seconds for this. 
Okay. What other hobby of mine have I talked about on my podcast with a few guests? And you've had a clue tonight. There's your clue. And Christopher's gone with skateboarding. No, I'm bloody useless at it, mate. (laughs) And architecture is only something I shoot. So, um, and the answer is? Drinking beer. 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 Fair enough. (laughs) Good point. Well put. Yeah, so so some of my guests love. Um, I also we've talked about uh, local breweries and things like that in different countries. So that was no, no points for that. Yeah, it's not just beer to me. So it's much more than that. So so my favourite local brewery is Siren in Wokingham. Oh, Siren stuff is beautiful. Yeah, especially the stouts. Oh, I'm, um, I, I hate stout, mate. <laughs> Absolutely hate it with a passion really <laughs> yeah it's just um i don't need a meal it's just it drinks it off you find it too uh heavy sort of yeah too, yeah yeah i haven't i haven't start in many many years mm. how many episodes have i recorded for this show Should have probably done five seconds on that one. And what we'll do is nearest one wins the point. Three, two, one. Right. Oh, it's close. Oh, that is close, isn't it? That is very close because I don't actually know. I didn't write this down. So do I'm we both win to... or do we both lose? I'm going to have to check this. Huh? Peter was 162. Peter was 162. Well, Christopher wins the point then. Well done, Christopher. That was close. It was well, close, it was, it? Yeah, I mean, I'm amazed you got that close, to be honest. Okay. Well, he got bang on what, what this episode will be. If, yeah, if it to comes be fair, out, yeah. If yeah. it comes out next. Right, okay, so we're going to do some Christmas orientated ones now. So we'll do 15 seconds on this one. If Santa was to visit every person alive today, how many would it be as of tonight? Go. Ooh. Very knowledgeable gentleman. So Christopher's gone with 8 billion. I know it's gone with 7.5. Now, when I checked this, the answer was 7.9. Oh. So, <laughs> well done, Christopher. Another close one. Yeah, he's that coming was lucky, back. wasn't it? Okay, so I'll give you a little bit longer on this one because there's a few bits to it. So we'll do 45 seconds. Okay. Santa is infamous for his reindeers. Now, how many does he have? And what are their names for bonus points? Go. Trying to sing the song in my head. (laughs) (laughs) I've watched so many films as well because of the kids. And I still don't remember. 
Right, time is up, so answers please. Oh, check you out, Owen. <laughs> That's fact. It's almost like he Googled that, isn't it? No, I, it is, I have the song it? in my head. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. I think we'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. So, Owen's got basically all the answers, all the. So, uh, you get ten points for that. So, I think you're in the lead at the minute. Okay, so alternative. Pace to know your reindeers. I know. Always, isn't it? Okay. The first time yeah, I've actually fun. scored any points for knowing them, but yeah, <laughs> I'll take your word. For it. Quite possibly the last. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy this moment. <laughs> There's no trophy, I do warn you. Okay. The EU wants to charge Santa import tax for all the presents coming into their countries. You are on jo Johnson's cabinet. What should you do? I'll give you 10 seconds. I'm sure you can come up with an answer. There we go, gentlemen. Funniest answer wins. Some very good answers. So, Owen's going to make a bilateral trade deal with Lapland. But does that mean Santa comes from Lapland? Hopefully. Otherwise, he's going to get stung with a lot of VAT. <laughs> I thought it came from the North Pole. Isn't Lapland in the North Pole? It's near it, isn't it? But it's not. Mmm. You might, might have, have consider a, your borders there, you a say. Laplandish passport. <laughs> <laughs> For visa purposes. I don't know. <laughs> no, yes. And Chris has gone with uh, a nice thing as well, saying, make a statement showing how unreasonable the URA are being. Would you have to protest that, or would it be... Um, Stand outside one of these sorts, and then Christopher. Oh, I think that would probably come along with a, a comment about fishing, I should think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will give you a point each there, gentlemen. That was very nice. Okay. Your next one. And I'm going to give you 20 seconds on this one. The elves are struggling to make toys due to a worldwide shortage of wood. What do you tell Santa? Oh, very good. <laughs> right, so I think Owen's going to have to win this one, I'm afraid, Christopher. Um, yeah, I'm going for that as well. Yeah. Do I have to say the cheesiness of it as well? Yes, I think <laughs> yes, so. I think so. So wouldn't it be nice to plant more trees so we have more wood for next year? And for those who didn't realise, he is actually a part-time comedian. <laughs> Unpaid. Unpaid part-time comedian. That means you're a full-time comedian, mate. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the real deal, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Okay, so... Um, name the two places Kevin in Home Alone was supposed to go to and for bonus points, where did he end up in both films? So I'll give you 30 seconds starting now. So where was he supposed to go to and where did he end up? I 
I should know this off by heart because my family watch it up to number of times per year. I don't actually know this one. Mm, two films, remember. Okay, your time is up. Oh. I don't know either. Ah, this is interesting. So Christopher doesn't know. And Owen's got ended up in New York City and was went to go to Hawaii. So you get one point for that. One point. I'm pretty sure I remember them being in New York City. Maybe exactly. in Home Alone yeah. 2. That's right, yeah. So he was supposed to go to Paris. And in the other one, they were supposed to meet the family in Florida. Oh. And of course, the first one was all about him being home alone. Hence. So there we go. Okay, so we're going to move into a couple of photography related questions now. So this should be nice and easy for both of you. So I'm going to give you not much time. I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you 10 seconds on these. So uh, closest one wins the point. In what year did Kodak release the brownie? 10 seconds starts now. Five, four, three, two, one. Time up. Ooh, very interesting. I don't think you know your history well enough, Owen. <laughs> it is a very old camera. So Christopher wins um, because he's nearest. He's guessed 1918. That actually came out in 1900. Wow. I mean, that is astonishing, isn't it? I'm going to go with the nearest decade. So then, um, the winner wins the point for that. To the nearest decade, when was Fixer invented? And your time starts now. Christopher, ooh. Yes, you definitely don't know your history, Owen. So <laughs> you've gone with 1920. Christopher's gone with 1840. And the answer is 1830. And Christopher was actually within one year. So you obviously knew this stuff anyway. Um, yeah, honestly, it, it's literally one of the oldest things in photography. So when people talk about photography lenses and, and stuff like that, it's like, fix it predates so much stuff um and it hasn't really changed has it yeah well fixing um images was actually the the last link that was required to make permanent in, in images so mm. that's why i knew ah okay yeah so all i need to do is add these up then so what we got and i think we can safely say i won't say the numbers but tonight's winner is, drumroll, is Owen. Well, well done. done. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you very much. It, it feels undeserved after the uh, <laughs> photography history questions that I completely flunked. But uh, Well, I have to say I was hugely impressed by your reindeer. You deserve it just <laughs> for that. <laughs> well, it was a Christmas special, so exactly. No, that, that'll help me sleep tonight. No, that's cool. <laughs> well, all I can say is um, 
thank you for taking part guys thank you for everyone um jumping on board with this one uh, it's nice to do something different and um i wish everyone a very very merry christmas yeah team thank both you. as well thank you and nice to meet you both nah. as well yeah um yeah it's really nice to get to see you both uh, it's nice to get different people involved it's why i like to do the the odd different show here and there um it breaks it up a little bit for me as well so where do you live yeah yeah i think that's for for another one of jay's yeah well nice to meet you Owen. thank you very much andrew yeah um so see you later yeah thanks a lot guys take okay, it easy cheers. Bye, -bye. bye bye hey y'all just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to that episode I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed um, interviewing. Please don't forget if you want to get involved, I'm starting to put out there on social media uh, the list of guests for that week. You are welcome to submit any questions you want to ask and I hopefully I'll read them out for you. Whether you want to do that through Instagram, um, direct message, you can just click, if you click on the direct message bit, uh, there's a button there and you can record and send that right across uh, but there's many apps you can do or email me or send me a dm on facebook instagram whatever that's cool with me for those of you who want to support the show please don't forget uh, itunes reviews are always appreciated and obviously i will read them out uh, the following week for you and i tend to use them on social media so that's all very much appreciated if you'd like to help contribute towards the show, then don't forget there's my coffee page where you can submit anything from $1 pounds or upwards and I'll keep a note on there what I'm trying to achieve um, as the months and years go by. For those who want to keep coming back to the show, don't forget you can just subscribe in your friendly podcast app of choice and there's a weekly newsletter on my website flogger.co.uk so that's p-h-l-o-g-g-e-r and you'll get an automated email from me and that tells you each week uh, what's gone up on the website so it's the podcasts and any articles I've wrote so yeah thank you so much and I'll see you again soon bye